Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to episode 12 of the Simple Power Podcast. This week, we are talking about the importance of directing your focus. If you get this, everything will shift. So let's get started. All right, thanks for joining me this week. I'm Duke Lamastra, and as you know, this is the Simple Power Podcast. I hope that you get a lot of value out of this week's episode. If you do, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone that you know that you think might need to hear it as well. All right, so focus. Learning to adjust your focus is one of the most important things because whatever you focus on expands. Whatever you focus on grows or gets larger. Now, that's really just an illusion because the problem itself doesn't actually get bigger just because you're thinking about it. But the problem begins to appear larger to you the more that you focus on it. But your perception really begins to frame the reality that you live in. So your focus or your perception becomes extremely important. Psalm 34 verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. To magnify means to make larger or to make bigger. So it says magnify the Lord with me. How do you make the Lord bigger? Obviously you can't. Last I checked, God's already pretty big. You can't make him any bigger than he already is, but you can make him bigger to you. Or in other words, you can make him bigger in your own mind. Did you ever, like when you were a kid growing up or anything like that, like did you ever burn ants with a magnifying glass? If not, you probably saw it on an old movie or something like that. When it's a sunny day, if you take a magnifying glass and hold it up over an ant, the sun will burn the ant. Now, the sun didn't actually get bigger, but you would say that the magnifying glass was used to magnify the sun's rays. The sun didn't get any bigger, it, it didn't get any closer. It didn't get any stronger. No, but to the ant, it did. <laughs> to the ant, the sun was always there. But in that moment that you put the magnifying glass there, the sun got bigger or it got more powerful. The rays became more intensified. It suddenly became a lot bigger or a lot more powerful to the ant. That's kind of a cruel example. But in the same way, God is always there, just like the sun was always there. He's always big. He's always strong. He's always good. But we all know what it's like to take for granted the fact that he is there. So David says, magnify the Lord with me. Make him bigger. There's, of course, nothing you can actually do to make God any bigger than he already is. That would be completely unnecessary. But you can make him bigger to you or bigger in your mind when you change your focus, when you adjust your focus. If your perception is that you have a big problem and a small God, that's a recipe for living in fear. Listen, God is not taken surprise or caught off guard when things go wrong in your life. He knew that it was going to happen before it happened. Maybe your perception of your problems leads you to think, oh, I'm in trouble, or this is over, or I better just quit now, or I don't have what it takes to keep going forward, but the problem is actually not the problem. The problem is that your God isn't big enough. Or in other words, your problem is that your perception of God is not big enough. Magnify the Lord. You've got to change the way you perceive what's in front of you. 
What if we could start looking at our problems through the lens of the faithfulness of God? What if we could start looking at our problems the way that heaven looks at our problems? Because heaven sees things very differently. Heaven looks at five loaves of bread and two fish as the food supply to feed 5,000 men and says, great, this is more than enough. Do you realize that food was multiplied twice in the Gospels? They, there was one occasion where they fed 5,000 men and another occasion where they fed 4,000 men. Did you ever really pay attention to those two stories? When they fed 4,000, they started with seven loaves and they had seven baskets of leftovers. Then when they fed 5,000, they started with five loaves and had 12 baskets of leftovers. Now, I'm not great at math. But I know that 5,000 is more than 4,000, and I know that 12 is more than 7. When they had more people to feed, they started with less food, and they had more left over at the end. You see, God is not limited by the problem. God is not limited by your problems or by your lack of resources. What if we could start to see the way heaven sees? That instead of looking at the circumstances surrounding us and breaking down in fear and frustration, looking at the lack all around us, what if we could actually look at it and say, this is a perfect recipe for breakthrough? Okay, well, everything fell apart. Yeah, but that's an opportunity for God to restore it so that it's better than it was before. So where is your focus? Is it on the fact that everything fell apart or is it on the fact that God is a perfect restorer of all things? David in Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David recognized that the hell he was going through was just a shadow. He didn't say that it was the valley of death. He called it the valley of the shadow of death. He recognized that he was in a place that had the appearance of death, but his perception of God was bigger than anything else. So he says, yeah, I'm going through this valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil because you are with me. A shadow has no substance. If we live in reaction to the shadow, then the result is fear and stagnation. Did you notice that David said that he walks through the valley? A lot of people get into the valley and it looks pretty intimidating and they decide that it's not a good idea to move forward. So they set up shop in the valley. I guess I'll stay here a little bit longer until things calm down, until things get easier. But the problem is the more you focus on the shadows, the more you allow them to overshadow you. I teach quite a bit on the subject of fear and my all-time favorite definition for fear came from the movie After Earth. If you've never seen the movie, uh, there are these creatures that basically they see fear. They're big and terrifying, but in the movie, Will Smith's character actually discovered the fact that, that when you are unafraid that these creatures can't see you. So he was the first one that learned how to control his fear and basically go invisible. So there's a part in the movie where his son is asking him how he learned how to do that. And in explaining to his son how he first discovered that he could basically become visible, he said these words. He said, I realized that fear is not real. And then he goes on to say that fear can only exist in our thoughts of the future. Listen, fear will cause you to stay where you are, 
to stop moving forward, to never advance, to go back the other way. But fear is always built on a lie. The lie says that you're not good enough, that your problems are too many, that the circumstances are too great, that the probability of failure is too high. But listen, it's nothing but a lie because it factors out the simple truth that God is with you. Fear is, he he says that fear can only exist in our thoughts of the future. And if you really pay attention to your fears, they're almost always, if not always, future-based. Fear always comes with this question, well, what if? What if this happens? What if this doesn't work out? What if this fails? What if I fail? What if God doesn't come through for me? What if I can't, you know, what if this venture doesn't work out and I don't have money and I lose my home or I lose my car or they shut my lights off or I don't have money to feed my family? It's always future based. Well, what if I get on this plane and it crashes? You know, if you're afraid of spiders, what if it touches me? What, you know, whatever. Fear is, it pretty much always focuses on the future to what might, could, possibly, maybe happen. It's a shadow. It's not real. It's all based on a lie. It factors out the simple truth that God is with you. It factors out the truth that God is faithful. It factors out the truth that God is good. Psalm 91 talks about another shadow. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the question is, what overshadows you? Is it the shadow of fear, the shadow of death that gives the appearance that you don't have what it takes? Or is it the shadow of the Almighty? Man, sometimes it's like, you know, we get all freaked out looking at shadows of bad things to come. And the whole time, we're actually surrounded by God. Oh, I'm back in the valley of the shadow of death. And I feel like God is like, did you forget about the shadow of my wings? We have to stop living in reaction to the things that are happening around us. And instead learn to live in response to the shadow of God's protection over us. You won't be so concerned with what it looks like when you understand that God is for you. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, it certainly seems at times that there are all kinds of things against us, but when you know that God is for you, does it really matter? Is there ever anything that can come against you that's bigger than God? Can anything come against you that can outweigh or outmaneuver His goodness? His faithfulness. Psalm 23 starts off with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's the recognition of the fact that He is my shepherd that positions me to trust and be confident that everything is going to be okay. Because He is my shepherd, I will not want, or in other words, I will not lack anything that I need. Whenever we fail to, or excuse me, whenever we fail or refuse to magnify the Lord, we automatically begin to focus on the lack. We focus on what we don't have or what isn't working. But when we magnify the Lord, meaning that we choose to remember who he is, when we choose to focus on his nature and his character, when we choose to give him praise in the midst of the storm, it positions us in a place of confidence. He is my shepherd. He is the one that leads and guides me. He does it perfectly. Now, recognizing that he's my shepherd also means recognizing that I'm his sheep. I don't have to concern myself with trying to defend or protect myself 
Do you have any idea how dumb a sheep is? Sheep can't really do anything for themselves. They don't last long on their own. All it really takes is for them to fall down and it's over. (laughs) Because if the shepherd's not there to pick them back up, they can't get themselves back up. They're going to die because they don't even have the strength to lift themselves back up again. Sheep were made to be led. We call him shepherd and then we try to do everything ourselves and then we get overwhelmed and afraid and everything else. What if we could just remember that he really is big enough and strong enough and loving enough and faithful enough to see us through every circumstance of life? One more verse before I end this. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. I used to look at that verse and say, in your light, we see light. Well, duh, obviously. But then I started to look at it a little differently. When I focus on your light, I see nothing else but light. What if I could focus on God to the point that I see nothing else? What if you could focus on God to the point that nothing else mattered? What if instead of seeing the bill that you don't have the money for, you saw God? What if instead of seeing the insurmountable obstacle in front of you, you saw God? Now, I'm not talking about being ignorant or pretending that problems don't exist. I'm not talking about being delusional. I'm saying, what if you saw the problem and instead of starting that slow spiral out of control in your mind, you just began to see the much bigger picture that God is for you in the midst of all of it. In your light, we see light. When we focus on God, we become incapable of seeing anything else. When we focus on his promises, we become incapable of seeing anything else. When we focus on his goodness, we become incapable of seeing anything else. You can tell me anything you want. I can be surrounded by darkness. I can be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But it all fades away in the light of knowing that he is my shepherd. All right, everybody, that was a little bit of a shorter episode for you this week. I appreciate you all for taking the time to listen. You are the reason that I started this channel. So hit me up if you have any questions. I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you next week.